Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
this wall of sorrow standing in Jerusalem. Repentance, joy, and knowledge are her adornments, her refrain. We can build yet upon her the foundations deep remain. And feel so small beside her, though she's all that does remain. Though she's all that does remain. Travelers near her taking pictures going home. Never see her sorrow, no, never hear her moan. I've been to hermit's darkness and I almost passed her by. Mm, and I'm mistaken, we pass her truth for life.
silver silence threaded through the din. Now my torn lapels, my sacrifice, the 613 sins. We mourn her as she stands there. The master's not yet in. No, the master's not yet in. Though she's all that does remain, though she's all that does remain.
Pais pahanais Asuchahoyil Viatolis Viatolis Alkulana Rabbis pahanais Asuchahoyil Viatolis Viatolis Alkulana Rabbis pahanais Asuchahoyil Viatolis Viatolis Alkulana Rabbis pahanais Asuchahoyil Viatolis Viatolis Shaker hachein vehevel hayoifi Isha yiras Hashem hisisalo Tenula mi pri yodeho
From Aish, volume number three, Rabos Bonos. What a job by A.B. Rottenberg and company. Um, before that, Shim Kramer, Ani Mamin. You heard the Waterbury Ani Mamin and Yoni Z with Ani Mamin. Wanted to toss in some more Ani Mamins after the uh, Yom HaShoah special yesterday. Diaspora with the Kotel song. Leif Tahar done by Aish from volume three. And, of course, Regesh. Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's Wednesday on this April 22nd, day 28 in the month of Nissan. The year 5780, Tough Shin Pei. Today is day number 13 in the counting of the Omer, day number 13. That's one week and six days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. 38 degrees here in New York with 47% humidity. Winds are west at 8 miles per hour. Partly cloudy with a high of 52. Then tonight, mostly clear and a low of 38. Tomorrow, cloudy and a high, 51 degrees. 81 in Yerushalayim. 38 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Um, today, we're actually going to be speaking with our friend Tali in Venice. There's a, uh, an education initiative that she's going to bring to our attention. Really cool concept. Um, also Josh Eisen, who's running for, uh, Congress up in Westchester has visited us here before he'll join us for a few minutes. I thank all of you who are tuned in around the world. We are a one community as, um, as hard as it is to believe, as hard as it is to believe when uh, we are within our community and. And to us, it seems that we are one very, very, very large international family. The um, reality is that there are about 14 to 15 million Jews in the world. About one and a half times the population of New Jersey. And that's it. Um... And I know there are people of other faiths who are tuned in. They There always are over the last 35 years, and I appreciate that very much. They have a great appreciation for what we present here every day. And I thank you. I thank those who are of other faiths who are tuned in. Uh, but primarily, this is a Jewish audience, as you would suspect. And as, uh, as, as large a community as we think we have, and when you're within something, often it does seem larger... The reality is that uh, it's only about 14, 15 million people. And that is um, one tight-knit close family. And we're glad that that through this format we're able to uh, make us feel even tighter and closer, especially during this time. So thank you so much for tuning in, for being part of this incredible radio experience. Plenty more coming up. As you know, we are uh, between Pesach and Shavuos. But our um, our sphere of format does not kick in in earnest until the uh, uh, until we get past Rosh Chodesh ER. So that'll be this coming Saturday night when we'll really get into the uh, 
Sphere of Format, so to speak. Until then, we are together in a, in, in a regular format of music here on a Wednesday morning at JM in the AM. With but one word, as time commenced, he bade the world begin. A universe of endless space, both outward and within. 
With but one thought, he granted life a spark to stir the mind, and to man above all else a soul indeed divine. With but one Torah would he sketch a path on which to stride. Adorned with cool, refreshing springs to quench our thirst inside, with but one people would he choose this Torah to impart. Exalted by the ancestry that forged their noble heart. With but one land did he see fit his presence to bestow—a covenant with Israel in sanctity, a home. With but one tribe would he implant the gift of royalty in years gone by and days to come to rule in. With but one glance, he sees and knows what was and is to be. The thoughts and dreams of all mankind. And destiny, with but one word, he can and will return us to our land. And how his love was always there, we then will understand. And is to be the thoughts and dreams of all mankind, their fate and destiny. With but one word, he can and will return us to our land. And how his love was always there, we then will understand. And how his love. Was always there. 
Mimismo, el es oído. Es mi mismo. 
First time at the Kaisel, I look around each way. Came here to Daven, make the most of my stay. I gaze at the wall, look up to the sky. Hearts filled with emotion, tears well up in my eyes. Standing beside me, a strimal he does wear. He's humming a nigun, I strain to hear his long flowing pennies swaying to and fro as he dives for all the people he knows. Though we may seem so dead. So very far apart We call out together Forever close at heart With tear-drenched to him We raise our eyes to you To our Father in heaven HaKadosh Baruch From the Achenu group here at JM in the AM well, listener Tikva's out there, and Petach Tikva says it's hot in Israel today. It certainly is, 81 degrees. Wow. That is pretty hot. Shalom mi Petach Tikva, and shalom to Petach Tikva, and thank you so much for listening in. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, at NachumSiegel.com, and the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galay Tzal in the background we'll do our news from Israel coming up and then plenty more on a uh, Wednesday. Eli Schwabel is going to visit with us tomorrow. Don't worry, he won't be in the studio. I say that because no other person aside from myself has been in this studio for the last, uh, what is it now, six weeks? I think the last time someone was in this studio, if I'm not mistaken, was March 16th. Does that make sense? I believe so. I think that was the last day someone was here. One, two, three, four, five. Wow, five plus weeks of nobody else being in this studio. Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, Ellie Schwabel tomorrow here at JM in the AM. Looking forward very much uh, to speaking with him. He is a COVID um, recovery, a COVID recovery. And he's got quite a story. He also has some important messages, by the way, which we will discuss uh, tomorrow here at JM in the AM. Uh, we'll do our news from Israel coming up and plenty more here on a uh, on a Wednesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. It's day 13 in the counting of the Omer, day 13, one week and six days. You forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday's next. We say Boker Toe from JMN. Let's have Mirushalayim Asha Ashtayim. Shalom Rav. Kan Rani Avnai. Ima Shekorei Achshav. 
השב"כ סיכל פיגוע באיצטדיון טדי בירושלים. שלושה חברי חוליית חמאס נעצרו. מדווח כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון, צחי דבוש. במהלך חודש מרס 2020 נעצרו לחקירת שב"כ שלושה חברי חוליית מחבלים. אחמד סג'יה, בן 27, תושב מחנה הפליטים קלנדיה. מחמד חמד, בן 26, תושב כפר עקב. ועומר עייד, בן 24, תושב הכפר דיר ג'ריר בבנימין, מחזיק בתעודת זהות ישראלית. השלושה שהכירו באוניברסיטה תכננו פיגוע באיצטדיון טדי עם עשרות ישראלים נפגעים. קרב על החופש הגדול, מנכ"ל משרד החינוך שמואל אבואב התחייב היום בוועדת החינוך שלא תהיה חופשה לכל אורך חודש יולי. כתבנו לענייני חינוך דורון קדוש מציין שעל פי המתווה המורים ילמדו תשעה ימים ובשאר החודש יתקיים לגנים ולכיתות הנמוכות בית הספר של החופש הגדול. יושב ראש ועדת החינוך ניצן הורוביץ קרא אצל אמיר איבגי למדינה אין תוכנית חזרה מסודרת. במדינות אירופאיות מרכזיות קבעו תאריכים ברורים, זה ברור לכולם, המשק יכול להיערך, ההורים, התלמידים, להכין את הדברים, בתי הספר. פה פשוט משאירים את זה באוויר. מה יהיה עם הגנים, עם היסודים, התיכונים, עם הבגרויות, לא יודעים. וכל המדינה עומדת עם הלשון בחוץ ולא מצליחה לנשום בכלל לנוכח הדבר הזה. תושב יהוד בשנות ה-30 לחייו נעצר בחשד שדקר את בת זוגו במקום עבודתה, מדווח כתבנו קובי מנדל. האירוע היה בחניה סמוך למרכול בעפולה שבו האישה בת ה-43 עובדת. החשוד דקר אותה מספר דקירות ונמלט. צוות מד"א העניק לה טיפול ראשוני ופינה אותה לבית החולים העמק בעיר, ושם נמסר כי מצבה מוגדר בינוני. לפני זמן קצר החשוד תושב יהוד בן 38 הסגיר את עצמו למשטרה. הרקע הוא ככל הנראה רצונה של האישה לסיים את קשרי האימו. התקדמות משמעותית בהחזרת הספורט המקצועני, משרד הבריאות התיר היום למינהלת הליגות בכדורגל לאפשר לקבוצות לחזור לאימונים של עשרה שחקנים שהתבצעו ללא מגע ביניהם. זאת לאחר שלפני שלושה ימים הקבוצות חזרו להתאמן בזוגות. כתבנו אורן פדיד המזכיר כי בתחילת השבוע אמר המשנה למנכ"ל משרד הבריאות הפרופסור ברוטו כי הספורט המקצועני יחזור לפעילות מלאה רק בעוד חצי שנה, אך כעת נעשים מאמצים לסיים בכל זאת את עונת המשחקים שנעצרה. מזג האוויר שרבי. בהמשך היום ייכנס אוויר קריר יותר ולח, והרוחות תתחזקנה. בדרום הארץ יעשה אביך, וייתכנו שם סופות חול. מחר ירידה ניכרת בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. זמנים קשים, העם ביחד, כולם מוכנים, העם מאוחד, צה"ל מגן, העם מעודד, מגובשים. תומך, נצח ישראל, לא ישקר, עם ישראל לנצח, נצח ישראל Israel, 
Shining 
حال شما اینی کرا تسلیخ اینو آیا دای بتای را تشمیه اینو میپی به سایر تای و بیم هیرا A.M. in the A.M. Eitan Freilich with a selection entitled Eliyahu. Shalshalis Jr. before that with Rifa Enu as we wish a Rifu Shlema to all those around the world who needed a speedy recovery. It was so amazing watching, excuse me, watching the video both from Florida and from Israel of Eli Beer, our great friend. I texted with him this morning and the last time, I assume it was the last time he flew to Israel, which was January 1st when we went. I sat next to him. I sat next to him on the plane. And uh, we had a couple of interesting conversations during that journey. 
And um, I said to him this morning in a text, I said, I said it was amazing and heartwarming watching your return to Israel. This time I wasn't sitting next to you, but I felt I was. As so many thousands around the world felt they were thinking of him and praying for him during the three weeks that he was on a ventilator. And then, of course, seeing the incredible, the incredible love by the Florida community and the incredible love in Israel that he enjoyed as he reunited with his family in the Holy Land. And um, a big yashikach to Dr. Miriam Adelson. She provided the plane to make sure Ellie got back there safe and sound. And that was such an amazing gesture. Um, anyway, Rifa Enu, a Rafur Shlema. We have unfortunately heard such terrible news over the last many weeks, and anybody in our community around the world has shared in the terrible news from Israel, from Europe, and obviously from the United States and the New York area. But there are some amazing stories. I have been speaking to friends of mine who were in terrible circumstances and were in hospitals. And there are community, we we know that we've lost a lot of community leaders over the last few weeks, but we really need to focus and thank God for the community leaders who were so, so ill and now, thank God, are on the road to recovery. And there are specific people I have in mind. I'm not just saying this to get everybody's hopes up or to, you know, project a positive image. I know people in leadership positions who are in very, very difficult circumstances health-wise. And now, thank God, they are so much better. So we have to focus on that, and we have to uh, thank God for that. I also want to thank those who have um, been responding to our plea to support us during this time. It's no secret that we are crazy enough to promote so many different causes um, now during the coronavirus crisis. So many different causes. (laughs) And we encourage you to support them. At some point, we need to remind you to support us. Our 2020 campaign is on. I did mention that um, sponsoring uh, Rabbi Goldwasser's Divrei Torah Sunday through Thursday, sponsoring Rabbi Yudin's Dvar Torah on Friday, is an appropriate way to memorialize someone for whom you cannot directly say Kaddish for. Obviously, now in Israel, there are minyanim, legal minyanim that are forming outdoors. So if you're in touch with someone in Israel to uh, to say Kaddish in your stead, kolakavod. But if you want to do something directly to um, to honor the neshama of someone who's passed away, please consider this uh, because it keeps us going and it's a big schus. Um, in order to get information, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And uh, you could just click on sponsorship opportunities. And um, and that would be it, fjbunity.org, sponsorship opportunities. And, um, and you'll be all set in terms of sponsoring one of those beautiful Torah segments. In memory of somebody for whom at the moment uh, you will not be able to say Kaddish for. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, with that in mind, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zeb, Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Bas, Rabbi Yosef Alevi. In addition, this Shabbos is the first yard site of Chaya Bela Bas Yoshua Yaakov. Chaya Bela Bas Yoshua Yaakov. 
and uh, we remember her as well as we present Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in Mishle, Me'eris Hashem Beves Rasha, that the blight, that the upset of Hashem is on the house of the wicked, Unevei Tzadikim Yivarech, but Hashem blesses the house, the dwelling place of the righteous. The Zerashim Shem asks a question, why is Rasha, written in Lashon Yochid, in the singular tense. Tzadik is written Veloshan Rabim, in the plural tense. We have the exact opposite in Mishlei, where we read, Zecher Tzadik Livracha, the remembrance of a righteous one brings blessing. V'shem Rishoim, but the name of the wicked, Yirkov, will rot. We learn in Yuma, Om Rabbi Elazar, Tzadik Me'atzmo, Tzadik is recalled favorably because of his own merit. However, the Russia is recalled unfavorably even for the actions of his friends, of his wicked counterparts. The Zarashimshin comments that that helps us to understand the law of Tzaras. Nega Tzaras, it says, Oy Russia, Oy Woe is to the evil person, woe is to his neighbor. When the wall breaks out with saras and there's leprosy, they have to break that wall, even if it's a common wall that is shared by both the tzaddik on one side and the rush on the other side. So we see that the tzaddik has to suffer because of the rasha. That's if the tzaddik is by himself. However, if you have two tzaddikim living near each other, then the dwelling pace of the tzaddikim is going to be blessed. It will be protected. A person once came to the great Ger Rebbe. He wanted advice about a certain house he wanted to purchase. The individual described all of the milas and the chisronos, the pluses of the house, the minuses, its location, its construction, and other specifics. The Ger Rebbe interrupted him and he said, I want to ask you a question. Which direction do the windows of the house face? What will the children see when they look out those windows? Will they see good sights? Or will they see other types of sights? The Rebbe continued, In that neighborhood where the house is located, there is a famous hangout. If that can be seen from the windows of the house or the porch, I'm telling you don't buy the house. If you will not be able to buy the house or never buy a house, don't worry. The chinuch of your children is far more important. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Jam in the am on a Wednesday morning. It's day 13 in the counting of the Omer. Today is day number 13 in the counting of the Omer. If you got to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. One week and six days. One week and six days. Well, Josh Eisen is with us live via telephone. You'll recall he was here uh, and uh, used the opportunity to remind our community that he was running for the uh, seat uh, in the United States House of Representatives, now occupied by Democrat Nita Lowy, who is retiring. Josh was a leading Republican candidate who raised more than any other candidate on the Democratic side in this historically Democratic dis- district, the 17th congressional district in uh, New York. And um, he suspended his campaign. 
amid allegations from past lawsuits that included racial slurs, harassment, etc., all of which he denies. And now he's jumped back into the race and has become a huge story in the congressional district. Josh Eisen, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. A pleasure. Um, first of all, we didn't even realize you were out. Congratulations on being back in. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I hope things are going well since you re-announced your candidacy. Yeah, they're uh, they're going well, you know, as well as could be. Um, I don't know if you're following exactly what's going on, but we, um, you know, we suspended, obviously, amid the whole corona thing, and... Um, at the time, there was also um, a little bit of a, a lot more light between me and the conservative party on really on the issue of abortion pills. I mean, I just couldn't say I'm against abortion pills and criminalizing them. You know, we're not going to have SWAT teams around sorority houses all around the country. It's crazy. So my conservative instincts of smaller government just overcome that. Plus, my background is Jew. Um, I don't think if rabbis were making legal systems, they would criminalize the abortion pill. They'd kind of leave that between, you know, God and whoever else it is. And was that um, the issue? Was that the issue? That, that, that wasn't that, that, the only issue. I mean, obviously, you know, like all the all the allegations and that kind of stuff were all in the public record. Nothing was a secret. There was even a New York Post article about it. And, and me and my partner that had all those battles, we're now buddies. We bought a company together and... I mean, we're, we're in a great situation. So we actually reconciled, which, in my opinion, that's the story. How many people, you know, get into these kinds of American legal system battles and, and litigations and on the other side of it um, actually reconcile and build a bigger company and sell their existing business for, you know, for tens of millions of dollars and then build another company that's worth even more and then acquire another company. That's what we did. We didn't just settle in part and fire people. We reconciled we, and, and, and just built something amazing, and we're continuing to do that. Um, but all and and and, 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 and just to, and just to make it clear, you're you're referring to your operation to get elected. You're not referring to an actual business out there. No, no, I'm talking before. I was talking about an actual business that I own businesses. And oh, that you've of, done that in the past. Of, you're saying right? Right. I'm saying that's the, those were the that's where the, those allegations came from. Understood. So, so the so the allegations had, so, so, so the allegations had nothing to do with the actual race, the actual candidacy. The allegations were from things from what they were claiming from your business past, which you were able to uh, to prove were were completely wrong. Yeah, I mean, look, my, the, the, the my opponent in that litigation was my partner. We spent over a million dollars. And the way we resolved our issue was by drafting a document that made the best end of America our place of mediation. Wow. We know even if Rabbi Willard they get this wrong, he has no horse in the race. Right. There's no nothing we don't trust about it. So what we get Well, I, I gotta I gotta say Kolakavo to you and, and that partner. That that's that's a tremendous example for our community of how to handle something like that. I think it is a tremendous example, and there were guys like Rabbi Yossi Levine from the Jewish Center who were very instrumental in helping us and guiding us to that type of conclusion where, hey, you know what, we could save, even if the the, the basin gets it wrong, it's cheaper than a million dollars in five years of acrimony. 100%. So I'm, a, I'm a strong believer, I, and I always was, in community adjudication, whether it's a you know, misdemeanor criminal charges on a 16-year-old kid who was carrying some weed or... Whether it's a civil case like this, um, if communities could resolve issues, there's well, a lot of pressure off the federal and state government. And you certainly proved it by your actions. Josh Eisen is with us, running for the 17th uh, 
uh, district um, as a Republican candidate for the United States House of Representatives. When, have they? Is this primary still on the schedule? By the way, with the whole COVID thing. So that's so that's exactly what we're up to right now. I mean, what happened was is in order to get on the ballot in New York State, there's two two ways to do it. One is you petition to be on the ballot for a primary in order to be nominated by a party, and then you will then, if you win that, appear on the general election ballot, or you can file petition to run as an independent. The petitioning period to be on a primary ballot and it was in February, March, and the petition to run as independent is a little bit later and requires more signatures. Obviously, going door-to-door with signatures and a pen and notarizing it is insane. It always was because the main people that collect signatures and the main people who sign them are older people because they're in predictable places in the middle of the day, like nursing homes or, um, or, or social clubs or at home. And I think if somebody ever did a study of petitions going back several years, I'm sure they'll find many people who passed away from uh, different infectious diseases, whether it's influenza or scarlet fever or strep throat or whatever it might have been. This year, obviously, with COVID, the infectiousness of petitioning door-to-door like that became obvious. And Cuomo had an executive order where he limited the number of signatures from 1,250 to 350 for congressional candidates. Um, and he he pushed up the time, the deadline to finish collecting signatures from uh, the the first week in February to March 17th. He did that on March 13th, leaving an entire weekend where people were collecting petitions in writing. So do you have a shortage of signatures at this point? No, so I'm now, so I'm running as an independent. So the period to collect signatures as an independent is from it's from April 14th to May 18th. But that's again during lockdown. Right. And Cuomo, <clears throat> he suspended that without actually giving guidance. So if you want to run as an independent in New York, and 25% of the state are not registered to a party, they are independent, they're unaffiliated, um, you can't. There's no pass. So we, we then filed claims. Uh, we filed an Article 78 in Westchester uh, Court, in Supreme Court in White Plains, and Obviously, the judge there is a you know a democratic hack. So he 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 basically he's trying to just dispose of the case without even allowing there to be argument. So we're we're dealing with that, but we're filing a claim to ask for relief so that the governor shows me and all the other people who seek to get on the ballot as independents what the path is. And that would and be I, because because the actual general you don't care about the primary. The actual general election is November third, I assume. Yeah, we we weren't able to do the primary because right because we you're not part of a party. Staff. But 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 would right. you would you um, if 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 the governor gave you what date you'd be satisfied? If you had till what date to collect the signatures, you'd be satisfied. Well, there's no date because we can't collect them. I'm not going to go out and, and kill old people. Right, so, but if he, but if but if he said August 30th, you could likely do that. Or the smarter thing you could do is just say, collect them now, do it electronically, right. which is what they did in New Jersey. Right. And he did this electronic thing for schools, right. for weddings, for a lot of things. Right. The reason they, they're not comfortable doing it for petitions is because a big part of the par- power that the party has, all the parties have in New York, is this petitioning process. It's so easy to get it wrong. And if you're an outsider, it takes years to figure out this process unless you have a ton of money. And at the Brooklyn... Uh, Democratic Party dinner, Cuomo was there, and he 
spoke to them, and they are very concerned about, quote-unquote, outsiders right. coming in, like the hipsters, you know, the young kids from Kansas, as Cuomo said. And Cuomo said, and I quote him, we're not going to let some young kid from Kansas come in here and tell Brooklyn what to do. Brooklyn will tell Brooklyn what to do. And what he's really saying is we have this signatures and petitioning process in place, and this guy from Kansas will never figure out. So let's stay strong, and let's not let it slip away from us, and let those other guys figure it out and take control over our apparatus. But if you move to digital signatures, all the old people who run the party committees are screwed because they're unable to master that in the way that young kid, quote-unquote, from Kansas could. Understood. So, yeah, so that's where Cuomo, and believe me, I'm not a huge Cuomo guy, but I'll be honest, like Cuomo and Trump seem like Reggie and Thurman from the 1977 Bronx, the Yankees. They, <laughs> they can't figure it out, but not a single person passed away because of lack of care. Not a single person didn't get a ventilator when they needed it. And those were the two things everybody was afraid of. Right. So in some way, they overcame the ultimate fear. And, and you got to give them a shkayach for that. But, um, but, but on this one issue, Cuomo just stayed true to his political animal instincts, and he just couldn't let go. And even now with the independents, he knows he can't let that Pandora's box open, but on the other hand, I think if, if his push comes to shove, Cuomo will, will relent because he's operating on a national stage and to, to force something like handwritten signatures that are primarily signed by old people and to take the risk that somebody's going to actually analyze all the petitions and show, oh, these X number of people died from COVID and they signed petitions. And we know about candidates who are collecting petitions who got coronavirus. So... Um, if, if, it, if we can get the PR rolling enough, then I think that could probably turn the tide more easily than a lawsuit. What's lawsuits are admired in technicality. What's the likelihood of an independent candidate winning this House seat? Look, in the age of uh, the coronavirus, everything is possible. Um, it's, a, it's a seat of, uh, you know, no names are running. The Republicans who are running are part of why I jumped back in is because their, their campaigns are just floundering. One of them... She's a great woman. You know, she's a firefighter, first class of uh, the FDNY to have a woman, 9-11 first responder. She was there, saw dead bodies fall from the towers. And um, and then she, she would have been amazing. But we live in a world where people roll their eyes at the idea of a firefighter representing themselves. So you have all these people in Congress who talk about the firefighters, but she's the firefighter. And she's actually running, and yet it's amazing that she gets no traction. Um, and she raised only $6,000. And then there's a, um, a young Jewish woman from Rockland who told everybody she's raised hundreds of thousands of dollars and she's going to raise millions. And when she filed, she only had $12,000 on hand, a thousand of which came from her dad. So obviously she's not a real candidate, plus she can't be trusted about money. Um, so that those, those things also motivated me a little bit because now in this environment, I really don't want a Democrat to get another free pass. So I'm, I'm in a position to self-fund. I returned all the money that people gave me. The hardest part about running for me was taking people's money and not knowing what I have to do for it. In my business, I take your money, and I give you a service. Right. So I feel good. I go to bed at night, and I know if you complain, I'll just give you your money back because I want to go to bed at night. Right. But over here, I mean, nobody asks for a refund. I don't know if I – I can't even judge myself if I gave people what they want. How much hope do they need from me? It was, um, it was a difficult thing. I'm not used to taking 
money for nothing. <laughs> Understood. Look, the world, the world of government is a little bit different than the private sector. That's for sure. That uh, for sure. Well, we wish you the best of luck. I assume if anybody's listening who has some influence on the governor, they could bring your plea to him. Uh, is a court going to hear your case? Yeah, I mean, at the end, the court will hear the case, you know, but like the, everything in the American legal system, it's, it's about money. you got to pay lawyers to file the case, right. and um, it's quite the opposite of the Dixon described to us in our uh, Holy Demara. Understood. So, um, uh, information at your website, I assume. What, uh, what is the web address? Um, eisenforcongress.com. Eisenforcongress.com. Info about what Josh is going through right now and about his independent run in the 17th district up in Westchester for the seat being held by Democrat Nita Lowy at this point. She is retiring, of course. Again, go to eisenforcongress.com to see what a member of our community is doing uh, to win this battle, to uh, uh, to um, eventually win the election on the 3rd of November. Josh, continued good luck. Stay healthy and stay safe. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. A pleasure. 13th day in the county of the Omer, one week and six days. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Oh. 
J.M. in the A.M. It's a song called Baba's Nigun from Shlaimi Daskal here at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Benny Friedman before that with Ashira. You heard Shlomo Simcha and Asay. Here on a uh, Wednesday morning broadcast, day 13 in the counting of the Omer. Day 13, one week and six days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Well, the last time we actually saw uh, Tal Basali, uh, we were together in Venice. I believe that was November of 2016, if I remember the uh, Malava Malka concert that we presented in the um, incredible uh, ghetto in, uh, in Venice, Italy. Wow, hard to believe it's almost, well, it's three and a half years. Yeah, wow, hard to believe. And um, we found out that she is um, coordinating a very interesting educational parenting group, uh, which we will speak about. But first, she's going to have to sit through all of our questions about Venice <laughs> during this uh, coronavirus situation. Tal Basali, shalom, shalom. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Shalom, shalom. It's a great honor. Hello, Nachum and Miriam and all the uh, Nachum Siegel stars. Hello, New York. <laughs> Thank you so much, and it's great to speak with you. I hope you and yes. your I hope you and your family are doing well during all this. Aruch Hashem, we're fine. It's challenging with the children. We don't have any outside space in our home, and lockdown has been pretty severe here. Um, so you're allowed to go out 100 meters, but I wouldn't want to risk it with a four-year-old. Telling yeah. me he has to stay still even when he's outside. Um, so it's been challenging. It's challenging for the children, but we are physically well, and the community, Baruch Hashem, are all well. We haven't had any corona cases, and we're very grateful for that. Yeah, and you and your family are very, very involved in the community there, the Jewish community of Venice, so you would know certainly, and I'm so glad to hear that, and I would hope that uh, all of our friends that we met uh, during that amazing excursion are doing well, and that the entire community is doing well. You know, you wrote something interesting, and we'll talk about the group and everything in a minute. About 10 days ago, you wrote on Facebook, um, what I learned from coronavirus, four walls, there's no escaping. We have been confronting many things from which we've been escaping to with work and travel. It's so good. Life is certainly improving. You got to explain to what you, explain to me what you mean. Okay, so um, when this started, I, I don't know, I just came up with the idea. I started this hashtag, what I learned from coronavirus, because I felt that I really am learning, however challenging it is, and it is extremely challenging. I feel like I'm learning new things all the time, and and sort of new insights are coming to me uh, often. And so that particular post, um, my husband and I are both working. We're both really busy. I travel a fair amount. And it's so fascinating to realize that when you're actually home, and you're in four walls of your family, you really can't, there's nothing, you can't avoid things. You have to address them. You have to look at them head on and, you know, deal with them, sort them out if they need sorting out. Um, I think it must happen to many of us that we're so busy and life is such a busy, busy, which 
I have to say, is something about this period that I'm really enjoying not being busy, busy. Um, to actually be able to say to my okay, we'll deal with you. How many times do you say to your kids, I'll deal with you later? Right. right. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, it doesn't really get, you know, it gets thrown on the mountain of the I'll deal with you later stuff, and it never really comes about because we're all so busy. I'm not sure what we're so busy with. If we really sat down to think about it, it would probably take, you know, much less time than we think. Right. We, we tend to get bogged down in all kinds of, you know, rabbit holes. Oh, I get that. Uh, and Tal Basali is with us from Venice. I get that. And thank God I don't think your family or my family, Bliain Hura, goes through the following. But a lot of people would say as you do get closer and as you do learn more and, and have to confront certain issues, it only makes life more difficult. The way you presented it, it's a refreshing and delightful way of getting through this. Well, I'm so glad. I mean, you know, how, again, however challenging this has been, and I don't want to underestimate it, because like today, for example, I feel terrible. I can't get anything done. It's really hard for me to get work done. I really, I feel quite cloudy in a sense. Right. It's really been a very hard day. The kids are having a particularly difficult day. It's rubbing off on all of us. Right. Obviously, that's an issue. But I just felt like addressing things are so important. And there was, I know that as Pesach came closer, I kept thinking to myself, okay, there's coronavirus, there's no guests, we're not doing what we were going to do. Right. It's completely different, we're staying home. You know, a lot of people were saying, oh, three days Yantam, I don't know how I'm going to do it, you know, two days in Shabbos. And I thought to myself, actually, I can't think of anything I'd rather do than be hunkered down in a house with the people I love most. Right. Doing reading and just snuggling and just being, because there's really not much else you can do on Yantam. Yeah, I hear that. Um, curiosity, again, before we get to discussing the group, which we will, curiosity, what's more challenging, having your city completely flooded for, and you'll tell us how long it was, or, or this situation of isolation? No, I actually think isolation is harder because maybe because it's longer. Uh, how long was, how long was the, how long was the flooding? You know? I can't remember now that you asked me, which is funny because it was one of the worst floodings they've had in like 60 years, right? Right, yeah. It was very bad. I think it was about a week or 10 days. The kids were off school. Um, so what, what we it was very sad because a lot of shops lost all their merchandise. So everything that we saw, all because for us it looked like it was lasting like a month, everything we saw was a, uh, was a period of 7 to 10 days? Yeah. Yeah, no, maybe it was a little bit longer, maybe it was a couple of weeks, but it was, you know, the news cycle is really, it may, it almost turns into fake news just because, right. you know, I was getting calls months later from people who had just seen it on the news. Right, <laughs> that's what I mean. That's, like, ex that's exactly, okay? if you would have asked, like, if you would have asked me, I would have said it lasted three months, so that's exactly. Right, right, <laughs> no, totally, I mean, I remember getting a call from someone like from Australia and they said, are you guys okay? We saw what was going on in the news, I'm like. <laughs> It's spring. It's uh, over. Like, <laughs> and it was really, really, really. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you've taken any walks during this uh, coronavirus time, but is it true that because of the lack of traffic, traffic for you, of course, means the majority of, of the traffic is boats. Uh, is it true that the canal is much clearer and that and that fish can actually be seen clearly at this point? I know that there's a picture floating around of it. I think it was a dolphin somewhere in some marks, and I believe that the origin of that picture is actually 2019 uh, and not now. Um, look, the canals are definitely much calmer. They're completely right. still, right? There's no movement of boats. You can imagine that fish and algae are loving that. 
<laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine, yeah. So I think there are some improvements. I don't know if it's as, um, as improved as some of our environmentalists would like us to believe, but um, I certainly think that left in peace, things would be happier and grow better. And Yeah, for sure. I, I hear that. All right, tell us about totally. the tell us about the Jewish parenting group, and I'm assuming this is not just for Venice and not just for Europe. I'm assuming this is an invitation to parents around the world. Am I right? Absolutely. An invitation to parents around the world. I will just say briefly that uh, I know that Nachum knows this, Miriam knows this, but when we came here and we had to, uh, came time to educate our children, uh, we had to set up a Jewish online school for our children, which is um, mostly European-based. We do have some children learning with us who are in Africa because they're on the same timeline as us, but we do offer Kurdish and Hebrew online in a few hours a week, and our children are all doing really, really well on it. And we have about 50 students from around around the world. So this is something that we work on all the time and obviously helping us a lot during this period. And the parenting group is something that um, I've wanted to do for a while. I haven't really had time to invest in, but it seems now more than ever that parents um, need support. I know that there are, I know that there are many um, parenting groups available today, but I haven't seen any Jewish parenting groups. And I think that this is, I know there are initiatives here and there, but not any, any groups. And I think that that's something, you know, we are a little bit different. We do have our own unique needs. Um, I do like people to feel that they're in their own environment. Um, we have this wonderful, so we've set up this parenting group on Facebook. It's called Zehud Parenting, Z-E-H-U-D Parenting, one word. That's the name of the group. So it's sort of a, a flow out from our online and our parents in our online schooling. And it's for any parent who is interested in talking about education, informal education, online education. We talk uh, somewhat about bilingualism in children. We talk a lot about um, raising children with a Jewish identity and what the markers are. Um, so I think there's some really interesting, by the interesting way, things in there. By the yeah. way, I mean... Obviously, I mean, one of the reasons that you're promoting this now, which I understand, is because the entire world is now is now subjected to online education, something that you're used to uh, in terms of what you provide right. what you provide for your children. But I don't think it's right. only for parents. I think some of the things you're offering and that you're discuss excuse me that you're discussing in this conversation, I think yeah. some I think some principals and teachers would be curious as to what you're doing if it's something that they could add to their repertoire that they're trying to get across to their students right now. Well, it's a great pleasure. We are happy. You could feel free to give out my telephone number to anyone who I can help. Really, we're happy to do that. We have been doing the online for a very long time. And so we understand what good online is. It's, there is no parallel to your classroom education. It's a whole different media, and you have to teach in a completely different way. And you certainly can't think that an hour in school is an hour online. No way. Like, cannot be done. That, you know, the two don't even... They don't even relate to each other. Right. Um, online teaching is a very different media, but can be extremely effective. And in the case of our online school, it means that we could bring top quality education to every child, which is not available in every country in Europe today. Uh, by the way, is this all in English? Is it in Hebrew? Like, what 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 goes on with these? No, the the parenting group. No, our our, our school. Look, a lot of our lessons we are trying to promote the idea that. Kurdish should be learned in Hebrew at our school, but we communicate in English with all our parents. Uh, some parents are remarkable people. They're pushing their kids ahead. 
And even though they can't speak Hebrew, they want their children to be able to. So we do all, all our communications are in English, and the parenting group as well is all in English. And we have this fabulous Brooklyn-based um, parenting expert and MSW, Gelia Sobsky, who is coming on board to moderate the group and to offer some of her amazing content, which is absolutely incredible. She's helping parents with, you know, just coronavirus and exercises and, you know, ideas for games that you can do with your children at home. Um, really very, very practical advice. And she's, she's just a lovely person, and she's got a wonderful, reassuring, firm voice. Um, and I really, really appreciate her. I met Getty last year when she was on holiday in Italy, and I've really, really come to respect her work. Uh, I, um, I assume. I think, yeah, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I assume the best way for people to find out all the information is simply to join the Facebook group, right? Absolutely. So the Facebook group, as I said, is Zehud Parenting with a Z. Z e h u d Parenting. You will find it Facebook.com Zehud Parenting. And please join the group, and we'll be happy to know you and be happy to share things that can be beneficial to all of us these days. All so right. I think that at the end of the day, parents are really responsible for their children's education. And so if, even if we can help parents navigate their online struggles right now, um, we would certainly be very happy to do that. You know, everything has a measure and everything has a way, and uh, we're happy, happy, happy to be you know, Tali, it's funny because of your family situation, you've always known that parents are responsible for the children's education. I think we're we're right. just we're just finding that out now that, yeah, that yeah, ultimately yeah. we're responsible for our children's education. Right. Obviously, I'm exaggerating right. a bit, but I'm sure you get my point. Facebook.com slash Zehud Parenting. Facebook.com slash Zehud Z E H U D Parenting. Z E H-U-D Parenting, literally, uh, you could go on Facebook, search Zahud School, search Zahud Parenting, and you can get information about the group, join the group, and get some uh, advice and some tips, and get into a discussion about uh, some of the things that everybody around the world is going through right now, which is, of course, online education. And uh, again, the address, facebook.com slash Zahud Parenting, Z-E-H-U-D Parenting. And, um, and please, I want to reassure parents that it's, you know, it's a shock to the system and it's so overwhelming, but in the right measurement and with the right skills, it's really something very, very doable. And it doesn't have to be like a major upheaval to your life. You know, it has to slot in like everything else has to slot in. Work has to slot in. Household work has to slot in, right? Time for being in your relationship has to slot in. And so, so does your kids' uh, schooling and education and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's, it's a totally manageable thing. You just need to learn a few skills. You know, it, it, I think with all that you just said, and it's much appreciated, and you're right, but I think the most important thing you may have told us in this conversation is that it is normal to go through days where both the adults and the kids of all ages uh, you know, just feel blah and feel like they can't accomplish mon- much and they may have to just go to sleep and wake up the next morning in order to get started right. again. And I think that right. I think that's a that's typical of a lot of our days, even when we're not yeah. in isolation. But now it's really prevalent and people need to keep that in mind. Yeah, it is what it is. And we're going to, you know, and it's going to be great. And, you know, like you say, you have a bad day. You go to bed, you start over. Right. So the city, the city, the ghetto, the way we remember it is completely closed. And and you assume that, that it'll be another, what, week or two before they reopen? So this 
weekend is the 25th of April, which is a very important national day here because it was the last day of the Second World War. Right. And then May 1st is obviously the Workers' Day. And right. there's the two weekends where people tend to get up and travel or go away for the weekend. So I think we may have come out of lockdown by now, but I think they're so worried that people are going to start moving around in crazy amounts that they just want to wait until after the 1st of May in order for you know to let people out slowly right. and not for people to start traveling the country. Um, so we're talking about like May 4th, just to be on the safe side. And so there are more people in the streets already. People have started moving around. I think they'll put the factory workers back to work because obviously otherwise the economy is just going to crash. But um, we are doing things very slowly just because we know our habits. But please, God, from the first days of May, we should be starting to come out of it, even though you know, they've come out of it today. And they said, well, the supermarket had people, and but everyone's wearing a mask. I mean, it's such a bizarre. Right. It bizarre, is strange. You know, we're all waiting for this to be over, but what does that count? That's not really over, is and, it? And Venice is so tourism dependent. People who've never been right. there don't realize that when you're walking the streets of Venice, yeah. you're often walking with a million other tourists. The, right, you know, right, who are there right. within a period of months, and I'm not just talking about our friends from Chabad, who I'm sure also right. anticipated people to come back and and visit. The, que- sure. the the question is, when will that industry, which is so vital to your city, you know, become vibrant again? And I guess nobody knows the answer to that question. Nobody knows the answer to that. Obviously, a lot of businesses here are based on tourism, so that's really a very hard uh, hard aspect of this. It's certainly not going to be this summer, right? Um, I'm hearing flights in September, maybe. You know, I know just for on our on our very very simplistic um, side of our family, we don't know when we're going to see our family in Israel again. My right. parents, my yep. my siblings. Um, so that's quite difficult. But yes, the tourism, I don't I don't see it uh, waking up this summer, which is going to be a tremendous hit for the city, no question. Yeah, um, sure. I think it's even going to be a tremendous hit in a way for the community because with coronavirus, even if we say, okay, you know, for Shavuot, we're maybe hoping that she will open. Right. You know, we're always so reliant on the tourists for a minion. Even if there were tourists, I'm not sure we'd let them in to Shul at this point. 100%, um, depending on where they came right? from, I guess, yeah. So the new normal, I'm not sure what it's going to be, and if it will ever be normal again, it's going to take months. Certainly will. Talba Sali, one of our friends in uh, in Venice, Italy, uh, a reminder that the uh, the group is on Facebook, facebook.com slash Zehud Parenting, Z-E-H-U-D Parenting. Uh, Tali, our best to you and the entire family. How's the musician doing, your wonderful son? Yeah, he's. I think he's struggling the most. He's 12. He's learning for his bar mitzvah. Oh, right. Um, yeah, uh, but it's hard for him because he's a big boy and he, need, he really needs to get out. He needs to have time away from us. He needs to play with his friends and so I think for him it's probably been the hardest. But for Hashem, we're physically all well, and we are doing our very best. We're doing our best, and most of the time it's, it's okay. It's okay. I think that's a good result. Well, our <laughs> best to everybody, and thanks for bringing the group to our attention. Thank you so much, Nachum. My best to all of you there as well. Stay safe. Much appreciated. Yes, stay safe and stay healthy. Wednesday morning, more coming up. It's JM in the AM.
הפלוזת הבאה, שירים שקטים של יוסי גרין. מגיע לו, מגיע לו, בהחלט. Thank 
J.M. and the A.M., the Yossi Green medley done by Avramel, Avram Freed, Omek Hadover before that with Makar Chaim and Ashrenu. J.M. and the A.M. at 23 minutes before 9 o'clock, day 13 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Dr. Rosenshine is with us live via telephone, of course, uh, when we think of, um, of uh, Mishkan and Petach. And all the things that Dr. Rosenstein is responsible for helping to found and helping to run over all the years. Uh, plus, of course, his work with the task force for children and families at risk and many, many other things. In addition, of course, to his uh, private practice and all the influence he's had on so many organizations and institutions. Dr. Rosenstein, I proudly say, was carefully listening to our conversation with Tal Basali, which he appreciated very much, especially as people are pursuing more online uh, options for education. And uh, he, he told me off the air that there might be a population that we are not uh, paying enough attention to during this coronavirus. Dr. Joel Rosenstein, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM and the AM. I hope you are healthy and well. Good morning. Good morning, Rav Nachum. I'm sorry you forgot one of the most important things, a friend of Rav Nachum. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, right. you, you, sound, you, you sound great, thank God. I hope you're doing fine during this uh, yeah, isolation. Thank you. Listen, the biggest challenge we had, my wife and I, was doing the Seder together. We figured out we had never done it alone, ever. Wow. Who asked, <laughs> who the asked we about were married 63 years ago. <laughs> who asked about Ishtana? My wife. <laughs> and she did a great job. It's she funny. sold the Alpha Coleman and she didn't want anything. This was great. <laughs> wow, you got a break this year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not from thank God. There's always little blessed things in this terrible situation, but the special education children are at home. The uh, Even those living in residences are at home because the schools are all closed, and this is a terrible challenge for every one of these parents. And we have to think of ideas and things to help them. So I, I was thinking, for example, if someone is at home with an autistic child who has a certain level of ability or a mildly dis- learning disabled or a high-functioning um, person with um, developmental disabilities, one can call their local organization, the local yeshiva, the local tzedakah, which, for example, is still doing mailings. Right. And one of the things that Hask developed over the years was using their people to get paid to do mailings. Right. I remember when I was involved with the Vada Tzolos Yisrael, I had a whole group from Hask doing our mailings for us. So a mother or a father can call the local tzedakah and say, look, if you need help with stuffing envelopes, stamping envelopes, doing other things, folding, I will be glad to work with my child in my home. To help you with this. And this will give them and, a project to occupy their day. Correct. I mean, it won't occupy the whole day, but right. it certainly do breaks. Right. Also, it's very important for the parents to keep the schedule as much as possible. So if the child is used to waking up at a certain time and getting on the bus a certain time, they should try to keep that schedule even though they're not getting on the bus. Because a schedule for the day 
breaking it up in small bits, depending upon the level of the child, will help the child through the day. More importantly, you mentioned the task force. You mentioned Hask, Ohel, uh, Mishkan, uh, Makar. All these organizations, I'm sure, would be glad to help. If you call the task force, um, you know, Dr. Zagheim is the head of the task force, together with a group of people who will work very hard. We have 40 organizations. Each one of them is available to you on the phone. So, for example, I know that Three Gluck is offering these kind of services on the phone, and we could come up with a plan for each and every child. Don't do it yourself. You need other people to help you through it. You may, your son or daughter may have a friend from school or from where they are in residence where you can make a contact because there's nobody else in the family. Either they had the virus, they're over it, or we know they're safe because they were tested. And you can make a plan that way to do a play date for even for a half hour. It would relieve the date tremendously. Of course, you have to be safe, and you have to figure this out. But don't believe you're all alone. Believe there are people ready to help. And if you call Dr. Rosenstein personally, 917-855-3362, I will put you in touch with the people at the task force, and I will be more than glad to send you along the right way to help you get through this terrible thing, which we think is beginning to lessen, so that we hope Demir Sashem in a month or so the kids may even be back in program. Um, um, Dr. Rosenstein, is this what, what you just recommended, which is such a great recommendation that, that any organization and really any effort that's doing mailings or other, you know, uh, the projects that, you know, volunteers would fit into, it's such a great option. Is this something you've mentioned to all the task force organizations? Is this something you've brought to their attention that they could reach out to groups and homes like that in order to get that personnel? Of course. Of course, okay. every one of the task force organizations, we we will be having a meeting tomorrow of the exec of the task force, and I will mention it to them tomorrow at this meeting uh, so that they're aware of this. But each one of them is a great organization. I mean, most of them are way above Dr. Rosenstein. They have many, many people. But as I mentioned, there are many organizations in the task force. There are 40 organizations, right. and there are very smart people there. Believe me, uh, people who are running Pesach Tikva, people who are running, as I mentioned, Speak Luck, um, people who are running uh, Ohel. These are people who are minusu minusu. They're tested. They know. And if they don't have the answer on the spot, they will get back to the parent, and they will work with them because they're all there to help. It's free services. We should also, no cost, right, and no we should, problem. Right, so we should also mention different categories. As you said, one is... Uh, the homes and residences themselves. One is uh, those of the uh, background that you're speaking of who have other siblings at home, and they also obviously need attention, especially now as parents, as the bulk of the responsibility for the education falls on the parents. And we, uh, as a general community, don't realize how large that population is. Right? We don't realize how many of our neighbors oh, a, have the additional thousand, challenge that you're describing. Yes, Rab Nachum, it's also one doesn't know that task force was founded about 30 years ago, I don't remember anymore how many years, a long time ago, because the mother was home alone on Yom Kippur with a retarded child. The father went to shul, and the mother could not handle this child, and never threw him down the stairs, and he got killed. Right. That's when I and some other people got involved in forming the task force. We don't want such tragedies. By the way, even in the home itself, 
there are certain children who can wash the dishes. Are, of course, the mother's doing it herself because it's easier. Right. But she has to realize that this is a test to give a child, give a child a, a, a broom to try to sweep up a little bit. It may not be a great job, but so she'll do it over again later when he's asleep. Right. But the point is to keep them occupied so that they don't uh, add on to their uh, situation, which was given to them by God when they were born or whatever. You know, one of so, the one of the reasons I'm happy you came on the air is because all of us need a reminder that no matter what we're going through, there are people who are going through much more oh, challenging situations. Oh, you better believe it. You better believe it. If I was a director of Michigan today, I wouldn't know what I would do with all the clients. We had so many clients in 15, 20 homes, and each one of them had, would go out to school. I once had an argument with someone at the state level because they had an 82-year-old woman who they were insistent still had to go to program. I said, wait a minute, she's 82 years old. She's already getting her social security at all expenses. Why does she have to go to work? She's 82. <laughs> but that's the rule. If you were in an Iowa, you had to go to, you had to go there. <laughs> uh, it's a very funny story. I never forgot that story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I thank, challenge. I thank you for joining us. Stay safe and stay healthy. And, and please, I hope we could all safely be in shul for Shavu with Samir Tisham. Oh, but not only in shul, we hope also in other places. Right. 100%. <laughs> Sure, is part of it, Nachum. There's also other kind of people. We think about all those people who had to make Pesach having done it in years. They all got an education. No question Staying about it. Staying at home for Pesach <laughs> is not a bad thing. It may even be a great thing. Uh, that, that's the last time you're <laughs> going to be invited. Forgive me for that. <laughs> I was going to say it's the last time you're going to be invited to a Pesach program. <laughs> Never went to a basic program except once I spoke and went up in the mountains. They wanted to give me lunch, and I told them, sir, I bought my own matzo. They said, yeah, we'll give you a steak. I said, if you let me grill it myself on a steak that's kosher for my purpose. Wow, very did. nice. I like that. <laughs> Well, the shy about Bittle, you know, I don't want to get into that. I, I want to be a rub on your program. Zyga, you got greater rub on him than me. Zyga, so to be well. There he is, Dr. Joel Rosenstein, Task Force on the Children and Families at Risk. Something to keep in mind. That's number one. And secondly, good recommendations in terms of the um, being in touch with organizations and institutions that could use help and could use help from those who have, you know, different abilities and can use help from their own home, meaning they could actually drop something off, have them work on a project, and then uh, and then make sure to pick it up. A lot of creativity out there, and even though it does seem this thing might actually be ending at some point, now for a lot of people it's gotten to the boiling point, and now is a great time to reach out and see if families in challenging situations can use any help in this area. More coming up. You are listening to a um, Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. And here we are. Uh, Wednesday morning edition of JM&AM, and this is Aryeh Kunstler. Bad news is everywhere. I shut my eyes, shut my ears, and Cause I know there's a better day coming, blowing in from the north and south. But I don't give up, I let my love shine bright. I won't 
give up. No, 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 no. No, I won't give up. I let my love shine bright. I won't give up. No, 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 no. Don't put me down for the way that I look, for what I wear. It's just this skin I bear. A time when all men and women will live as one. At least I do believe. So I don't give up. I let my love shine bright. Won't give up. No, 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 no. I won't give up. I let my love shine bright. I put my faith in the only one. Put my faith in these things that I've done. Put my faith in the only one, and I put my faith in love. Put my faith in love, but I won't give up. No, no, I won't give up. Gets a little closer every day. May seem a million miles away, but it gets a little closer every day.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Our listeners sponsor digital radio around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Wednesday here at JMN. My thanks to Josh Eisen, thanks to Tal Basali, thanks to uh, Dr. Joel Rosenshine, thanks to all of you, or by Goldwasser, of course. And I thank you all for tuning in. A reminder, this portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. And I have a feeling soon there's going to be a major announcement from A&H, where? Right here, of course, on the Nahum Single Network. Try A&H today and enjoy. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tomorrow, Ellie Schwabel is scheduled. We'll hopefully have him on tomorrow morning here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Stay safe and stay healthy, everybody. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.